Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, Brandon joined by Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, it's already back to matches being played. Like, what happened? Uh, we... There's no time. There's no break off, Nick. I am not in preseason form yet. I was just settling into the summer transfer market form. Yeah, we were hoping for a nap or two before everything started up again. And then we opened up our calendars for planning. And we we're like, ah, well, looks like that's over. Summer's <laughs> over, Dan. It's over completely. Well, it was nice to take a solid day and a half off from recording this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we. Maybe share this on social media if you follow us on Twitter, if you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, if you're in our Discord community. You know, three back-to-back months of new highs for the show in terms of the amount of people who've been listening. So just, you know, yeah. we, we, we usually end with a thank you, but I think we need to begin with a thank you in this episode just for everything that you've been doing as a listener community to support the show uh we we're over the moon and blown away consistently by how much people enjoy what we put out there brandon yeah we are quite lucky in that um that yeah we have such an awesome chelsea community that we get to be a part of so uh in this episode we will be talking about the chelsea women's match that's right we're doing a chelsea women's match review uh, and then we're also going to be talking about the men's preseason match review as well. So uh, you're essentially getting a two-for-one in this episode. Uh, as always, we'd like to start with some thank yous as well. Uh, our new Patreoners, we've got Sean, Jay, Dustin, Kyle, Simon, Kieran, Stephen, Michael, and Juan. All of you, thank you. Uh, you should be in the Discord by now, but if not, shoot me a message. We'll hit you, hit you up and get you in there. Um, and looks like we even have upgrades patreon people who were in our community and then they decided to give a higher amount because they're having so much fun so scott and tyler thank you so much for uh jumping up a level really appreciate it dan your turn on the apple reviews well i mean nobody's making it easy on me because they're leaving so many five star reviews so we got tons of people to thank this week uh special shout out to uh Blab Leno, who went back and actually audited his review because he left a two-star that was excellent, popped up to a five. So thank you for that, sir. But also thank you to five stars from Blue Note Jr., Abel, Reclusive Roy, who did a little bit of a poem that was fantastic. 
Moya, Don Winter, B.S. Smith, 2-1-2-1, Mercy, Wervin's 11, uh, Stiegel's 1, Nemories, and Sad Sorry all left five-star reviews. Sad Sorry because he doesn't have a job at the moment, which is unfortunate. Leave a five-star review between now and the next recording, and we will give you a huge thank you. We really appreciate it. It helps people find the show. Nick, over to you on the, uh, hey, what do we got going on? Happening. We, we have some stuff going on, okay? We have some stuff. By the time you listen to this, you'll have about a day to fill out our end-of-season survey that we published over the weekend. Uh, we use this survey every year to help guide the direction of our show. We want your input. We want to make sure that... You know, if we're doing something terrible, that you that you let us know. Um, and if we, if you know, if you have some ideas for us, we'd love to hear those as well. So it takes about two or three minutes to fill out. It's not a very long survey. Uh, Dan did his best to ask the wordiest questions in the world, but look, that's okay. We trust that you can read. And uh, yeah, we're excited about this. We have about as of recording, which is on the Sunday, what 150 some. Yep, Dan. Yep. So. Become become part of this because while the preseason may be coming to a close, we are we are just tightening up our plans for for the next season. We want to make sure that we have your voice. So do that. We will link to that in the description and on social. As always, follow us on social at London Blue Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and most importantly on YouTube. Our YouTube audience for over 10k. We did it in a summer. We went from like 3k to 10k. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah. Brandon's no, done a ton of work there, so good on you, Brandon. It's been a lot of fun, uh, without a doubt. So, all right, if hold up, I got one more. Okay, go. Yep. Look, look below the fold on the script, Brandon. It's important to look below page the fold. Page two, page, page two. two of the fold, <laughs> and this is an important one. So, our friends at Milwaukee Blues, I, I bought a few of their hats uh, because they're supporting the Highbury Pub after all the, you know, kind of COVID stuff has happened over the last few months, which is awesome. It's a great way to use merch to help kind of support your local community. So, I'm currently wearing their uh, their hat. I don't know if you can see that. A little Milwaukee on there. has a big lion drinking beer on it. Have have one of their scarves that they sent me and some, some stickers as well, okay? This got me thinking because I think Milwaukee has had some of the best looking merch that I've seen. Are there other chapters out there doing really, really good stuff with merch that we need to include in our Zoom displays? Please let us know, and we will go purchase said merch, and hopefully uh, you know, every chapter is doing some sort of version of what Milwaukee's doing to support the their local pub. So, yeah, let us know. I'm excited to Nick, hear. Are, are you throwing on. down a virtual gauntlet on behalf of the Milwaukee Blues? Look, that's what I'm it not sounds saying. like. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I think their stuff looks incredible. If you have a chapter that makes better stuff than them, please let me know. And perhaps, mayhaps we have a bracket of, of items. Hmm. Ah, that, that could get fun. I could, I could see that. Um, all right, well, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, well, this time we are going to get into the first match review of the 2020-2021 season. And it's a cup final question mark? I mean, it's the community shield for the women's team. Uh, And if you missed it, uh, we put out on social media that we bought kits this season. And we are actually all wearing them, conveniently enough. Um, And we got, or we decided to put the name of women's players on the back of our kits. Uh, Very sensible, rational thing for us to do since we support that team. Since they are amazing, we thought, why not put their names on the back of our shirt since the last few seasons we've gotten men's players. So that's what we did. I got Aaron Cuthbert goal scorer yesterday as well. So I've got the 22 on the back of my shirt. I think someone on YouTube was like, why did you get a 22 and not Pulisic? Because I got Cuthbert, my man. Like, I got a different player. I'm repping the women's team. Uh, Dan, who did you go for? So I went with the, it's funny, out of the three of us, I got the one who probably should have scored the most goals yesterday. Probably could have had five yeah, by talk herself. we about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went that, with, that was in the Discord. That was called out. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Dormer Jinx. Uh, I went with Sam Kerr with uh, with my choice for kids this season. Uh, just because clearly from, from social, I can tell that she has a very similar uh, style of humor to me. So I just, uh, I felt a kinship oh. there. 
boy, that's tough. <laughs> tough break for Sam there. Um, look, I uh, I got Millie Bright. I've talked about Millie Bright on the show for a couple of years now. Um, ever since we saw them in person, um, she is. I I think she's the heartbeat of the team. Central defender, big time player. Uh, absolute rocket of a goal yesterday, by yeah. the way, which we will get into. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I just, when we were, when we were in the stadium, when we were at Kings Meadow, she's the one that stood out to me and she's making plays all over the field. She's getting upfield. She's trying to distribute the ball and, and kind of ease pressure off the midfield a little bit. Um, tremendous player. All right. But all of this is being done, Brandon, for a reason, because yeah. I think we have, we've probably done more women's coverage over the last couple of years than we did in our first kind of handful. But our goal with this, right, is to, um, through some correspondence and some guests, cover this incredible team more over the next year. I mean, they're more than deserving of that. This is not some, like, gift that we're giving them, um, mm-hmm. that we're that we're going to talk about them. They're, they're more than deserving to have the coverage, and so we're hoping to, uh, to help lend a voice there. Absolutely. Um, you know, like we said, we we support Chelsea Football Club, not the Chelsea men. And this is a part of that. So hopefully, uh, like you said, with the, the different things we're doing for this upcoming season, you're going to get a lot more women's coverage and deservedly so. Well, th- thanks to everyone who has you know, sent some awesome comments on the on the social yep. post we put out yesterday. I mean, it it reminds you that as toxic as Twitter and Instagram can be sometimes, like, we just have some really incredible people as part of this community and you know, to to throw out a post like that and not know how it's going to go over because it's not Kai Havertz transfer related. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it was just it was rad to see so much support for the women's team. So keep that up. Yeah. Well, that is what we're going to do because uh, we're going to be talking about the Community Shield. That's right. Uh, it was this past Saturday, August 29th at Wembley. All right. Back at Wembley. And the final score, Chelsea 2, Manchester City nil. So you had Millie Bright scoring in the second half in the 66th minute. Uh, shortly after Manchester City player getting their second second red, Jill Scott gone. And then it was yellow. Contr- control. Uh, and then Aaron I don't Cuthbert, think one can get two reds, Brandon. I'm going to clarify that rule with you. It's true. Not two reds. I, I Actually, I think we've seen it. In a, in, no, never mind. Uh, well, three two yellows. Two players. We've seen three yellows. Uh, Cuthbert in the 90th plus one in stoppage time. So uh, three-word match reviews. Dan. What is your three-word match review? I'm going to do... Wait, what break? There was a lot of conversation around the fact that this was 182 days since the last time the Chelsea women took the field and had a chance to play. And it looked like they just continued doing what they do, which is going out and win. So, yeah. I mean, there was a little rust, but we won. So, what break? Yeah, I like it. I put Chelsea being Chelsea. You know, it's not a trophy. It's more of a, a shield. But we lifted it, nonetheless. Erickson, no problem. Aaron Cuthbert, some problems. <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say. That's one of the, and by the way, her, her sense of humor is so amazing. I, I Go listen to her interview that we did with her last year. Incredible. And then her self-deprecation of this moment on Twitter. Top yeah. notch. Well done. She was all on, she was all on it. Uh, Nick, what about you? Emma Hayes Army. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, Dan, run us through the lineups real quick, and then we can get into some of the talking points from this match. Yeah, so we had Berger between the sticks, um, Yelda, Erickson, Anderson, and Bright as our back line, Ingle, Jisoo Young, and Leo Pulse as our midfield, with Fran Kirby making a wonderful return, which is going to be, I think, one. it's almost like a brand new signing. Gio Wrighton and Sam Kerr as the starting 11, kind of in a 4-3-3 lineup there. We saw on the bench uh, Telfoid, Spence, uh, Thor's doctor, uh, Carter, and Blundell as unused substitutes. Fleming, England, Cuthbert, and Charles all made their way on. Uh, Definitely a bunch of names, though, there, Nick, that are brand new to the side, Mm -hmm. which is pretty exciting that we continue to refresh, continue to amass talent. And again, as you said, it's the Emma Hayes effect. Yeah, I mean, this summer, regardless of men's or women's teams, Chelsea has gone in with a full, like, squad rebuild mode for both of these teams, and, and there's more coming for for both, which is 
is pretty wild, but some of these names are becoming household names because they are that good. Are you saying that Chelsea went uh, full studs up into the transfer market and just <laughs> took the legs out from look, it? <laughs> am I saying it's glorious? Perhaps. I, look, we're going to get into it, though, for sure. Yeah, and I think we should. Um, so, Emma Hayes' side continues to win honors. They start to the 2020-2021 campaign uh, the same way they ended the 2019-2020, winning everything. It is fantastic with this team. Uh, and it's also about knocking the rust off, obviously. We saw that in Arsenal-Liverpool men's version of this. Uh, the women's season didn't have a project restart. And this was their first competitive, as Dan said, competitive match in 182 days. That is a long time, over four months. And it's that uncertainty of, you know, how do you train them and everything like that. So, um, you know, after we've gone through lineup, Melanie Lupol's uh, debut, German international, came from Bayern Munich. Uh, she is a motor in the middle, mm-hmm. absolutely everywhere. Uh, f- as you said, Frank Kirby coming back, which was massive uh, emotional probably boost, if anything. You know, she's uh, come out and done a couple interviews about what it was she went through, and it was not easy by any means. Um, glad, glad to see her back. And then obviously we got to start with Sam Kerr up top. You know, she came in last January, got some minutes, some different things. And he had Bethany England, the women's player of the season, on as a sub. Uh, the golden boot winner, I believe. Like that's that's what Emma's doing. There's no with I think with Emma that we see, Dan, is there's no complacency. There's no, okay, we're at a good level. Like and then they go and they and they went and signed Pernille Harder from from Wolfsburg. Like there's not stopping. And it says that you know, according to the the Twitter account, Jan Agfjordsoft, very very Nordic name right there, said Chelsea are signing one of the best players in the world for three hundred fifty thousand euros. She scored twenty seven goals in the Bundesliga this season. She's playing in the Champions League final to, like today as of recording, and she's already announced. Oh hey, I'm in the final with Wolfsburg. Yeah, but I'm going to Chelsea. Like that's the kind of like. Emma effect that she has like she wants to stockpile world-class players and just not only roll the English league Europe the world well it's it's what Chelsea should have done in the post Champions League victory right to kind of double down and just continue to amass talent continue to be you know, ruthless in the way that we evaluate and upgrade the squad because, yeah, there there might be the right player for right now and for two seasons, but how do you put yourself in a position to be most effective? Because, you know, you look at it, you know, we, we also see as, you know, Americans, we know about a couple of the, the new sightings City has made, like Rose Lavelle coming over, NWSL, there's a lot of people opting out in the U.S. here, and that's going to bleed some additional talent into the the Uniteds and, and other teams in the FAWSL, into Lyon, into Barcelona. So what we have done, Nick, you know, I think is is fantastic. And Emma and the side deserve a lot of credit for their, their squad building to get us to a point where we look ready to compete for three, three you know, titles uh, this season. Yeah, the the goal for Chelsea women this year is to win the Champions League. It will take a lot. I mean, clearly, uh, if you followed any of our Chelsea women's coverage two seasons ago when we were in the Champions League, it's it's the toughest uh, hurdle to climb. What's encouraging, though, if you're following this team, is that Chelsea women had never won the Conti Cup before last season. They'd always kind of been, you know, uh, runners up uh, when they when they reached that stage. Awesome. They had never won the Community Shield until uh, yesterday. Uh, and, had, you know, obviously the Community Shield was on a longer break um, just for reasons, I guess. <laughs> you know, haven't really got a firm explanation from the FA on that one, why there wasn't a Women's Community Shield, but I'm glad they brought it back. So, I think it was because Arsenal was winning all of them, which was a problem. So we need to hit a reset on that. <laughs> well, we, we've taken care of them, so I feel pretty good about that. Um and look, I, I think this team is ready now to make the step up. You don't bring in a Melanie Lupuls if you're not looking to anchor, really anchor your midfield, right? I mean, she's, in my mind, it would be, you know, kind of the equivalent of Chelsea were able to sign Declan Rice to have that just 
absolute barrier. And and by the way, our defense is not really the I would say the trouble part uh, when you look at Chelsea advancing in the Champions League. It's can you convert enough of the chances that you create to score the goals? And so I think they've also upgraded in that area. It's it's wild to think three seasons ago, Frank Kirby is like the best player in England, right? Scoring all the goals. Then it's Beth England. Then you have Sam Kerr. Then you have Perneal Harder. Then you have Aaron Cuthbert, who's going to have a bounce back season. You know, you have G, who's the model of consistency in the midfield. You have Grow Wrighton, who had a bazillion assists last year. I believe it was a bazillion was the number. So this team is absolutely stacked from top to bottom. It's it's really really impressive. And final note: when you can have a player like Millie Bright, you pressed Man City back into a corner. The second best team in the league last year, right? Like they were competing with Chelsea neck and neck all the way. And and a Millie Bright can step up and unleash holy hell on a ball that goes in. Got yourself something. Yeah, as a Tamori Howitzer, just copy-paste. I think she hit it harder than he did, though, if I'm honest. Well, so she hit it from, like, running at it. His was coming out, and so, anyways, hers was much more impressive. Still love you, Thicke. Uh, look, you talk about the domination in this match. You know, Chelsea had 53% possession, which, okay, isn't massive. We had 18 shots to City's 8, 5 on target. It's the problem we need to work on to City's 3. Um, and, you know, I think that's what we saw, though. The amount of chances that Chelsea were creating and different types of chances um, was really, I thought, to me, was like the most impressive. I mean, what I love seeing is that you know, when you bring in better players, do you get a reaction from the existing group that's there? And then you get those special players that the better players around them, the better they get. And that's G. Like, my gosh. Like, mm-hmm. She, you know, Ingle's still behind her, but she has a brand new uh, person, loopholes that she's trying to understand. She just goes and pulls the strings. She is that dynamic maestro. Maestra. Um, the, in the pitch that she just finds the passes, is able to quick release, get us from transitioning from defense to offense. I am just so just blown away by everything that she does. And um, it, and I think, you know, those front three are loving that, you know, probably it, that they, they can just make a run and she's going to find them as well. So, um, yeah, that, that was obviously my big standout one. But again, you know, Dan, 18 shots created is great. Five on target, not so great. And your your woman, Kerr, <laughs> she got a little bit of the uh a little bit of the not negatives, but should have done better. I think we got a few looks from Emma Hayes in the sideline too. They'd pan over to her after a miss and Emma would just be like, What? <laughs> Emma doesn't really have a poker face. Let's throw that out there. No. I think no, everything is just worn right on the old well, sleeve. Does Lampard have a poker face? I mean, you know, no. I mean, you know, I think that's the one thing that is other. Another thing that's consistent with Chelsea is that we are passionate through and through, and our management core is absolutely filled with people just overflowing with uh, exuberance at times. Yeah, the the thing with Sam in this match is uh, positives, right? Take amazing runs getting into the position to be available for these these shots just that the targeting computer was completely off <laughs> and, and, and there were there were some where you know you you looked at the switch of play whether it was uh, Kirby kind of uh, knocking a ball into into her path she had a, a great run down the left where she was able to to head the ball down beat beat the man city defender and and really just had to kind of go a little wide to the right on the shot to kind of knock it around um, the city's keeper and just could have had a hat trick, could have scored Mm. four goals, could have scored five all by herself, was just getting into the right positions. And so I think someone described it as as Morata-esque online, which I would say is a very unfair comparison because she also stayed on side for all of the attempts. Which would be another thing that we just kind of asterisk is that if you're going to call it a Murata, you have to also have at least two or three offsides in in that uh, in that well as well. But again, it's been a very long time since they've been in competitive matches, and so like we should just kind of caveat that. 
when you yeah. when you get concerned for a striker nick is when they're not getting into position to actually even take those attempts right so you might go one match and you might miss five but that just leads me to believe that the next match she comes in for you know she's going to still be getting into those positions getting supported by kirby who i think we should also talk about because that feels like a new signing yeah i, I would say quickly on kerr she came in with expectations that were i i think verner-esque right very similar the top you know top professionals lethal finishers everyone saw what she did in the world cup and was like oh my god <laughs> who is this monster like she scored everything she touched in the world cup so i think when she comes in in a january transfer window which is always hard right and it's just getting acclimated and then the break happens it's like ah like we're we're so close her and england playing up top together in a 442 before the break was really interesting because she was much more of a playmaker, assist maker to England's goal scorer at that time. And then up top by herself yesterday, she had a lot more service coming in directly to her, right? So you kind of think about the dynamic between those two scenarios and it, it would provide a challenge for sure. Um, now, if some of that service is coming from one Frank Kirby, Brandon, uh, I, I think we all just... I think like we went through in our preview with, with the, the men's team and midfield, I think we are all rooting for her so hard. You know, you, you come back from sustained injuries or uh, some sort of abdominal affliction. And it's, it's a, it's a big challenge to get back out there and trust yourself again. And she looked great yesterday. Yeah. To your point, a very different fan Kirby, you know, much wider, not central at all. Uh, teeing up, what should have been a couple assists, um, but she kind of got this assist on the on the Cuthbert goal. Obviously, you know she's out wide, just outside the box, put it in. Bethany England made a good run. Her then defender kind of fumbled over it. Aaron was the quickest to react to it and buried it. And again, we we saw that time and time again from Fran. She's able to play such a good ball in behind the defenders uh, that essentially whipped in ball right at the top of the six so the goalie can't come for it and it's just the strikers to to put away so i think that that also adds a lot as well i mean think about it like fran was the face of chelsea and she won the the women's football of the year right i mean so then she's like the face of women's football in england and it's not gone great for her since and so for her to be so public about those things and then for her to essentially have a role change within the team like some people they're like, no, 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 I'm the greatest. I want to stay here. Like, remember when I won that award? Yeah, that that's me. And she seems so humble. She seems so willing um, to do whatever Emma needs her to do. And she's bought in on the on the Emma Hayes project. And it'd be hard not to, for being honest. I mean, it's a project that 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 uh, puts out trophies and championships. So I think I could get on board with that. But I just want to point that out is that it's another additional thing that she's having to to add into to what she does. A, a quick clarification. Um, so I, I said some sort of a digestive thing. It was actually a, vi a viral illness that had some sort of inflammation around her heart. Yeah. Not, not, this was not a, um, the thing that I originally said. So I stand corrected and apologize for that. But uh, yeah, when you're, when you're messing with your heart, uh, that's, Typically not great for an athlete who's trying to expend 110% en energy. So just really happy to see her back, and we're rooting for you, Fran. Without a doubt. Well, I think we can wrap it up with uh, their next match, which is on September 6th. It'll be the beginning of the FAWSL season against the other team from Manchester, the United one this time. Uh, and they're trying to make a splash as well and, and kind of get their team up. And going so no matter what it'll be a good uh, match but the season will have officially started uh, with this one so September 6th put on your calendars and you'll be hearing from us about that but uh, we are gonna take a quick break uh, thank you to the sponsor for supporting the show financially when we're back it's all about the men's first preseason match review here we go all right gentlemen let's see if you can remember how we do these things it's been uh, you know 10 days or so since we've last done one uh, but it is the men's match review it was this past saturday august 29th that's right a chelsea doubleheader 
that started at 4.30 a.m. for Dan Dormer and the West Coasters <laughs> over there. Uh, it was at the Amex Stadium. It was a preseason friendly. And the final score, Brighton won, Chelsea won. Uh, Dan, let's go ahead. If we had to do our three-word match reviews for this one, um, since you like playing this little game, what do you have? It's just preseason. <laughs> it, 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 so much can be made, and we're going to obviously spend the next little bit of time talking about it. But, I mean, it's just preseason, so don't overreact, which is what everyone seemed to do for 90 minutes. All right. Nick? I'm going to go with Ziesh's left foot. Uh, that's Ooh. a great left foot, tell you what. Uh, I'm going to go with I am overreacting, just for Dan. So it's time to hype up. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it th- We're playing matches. It counts. Everything is important. Tonight uh, on Crossfire, you have one guy who's going to overreact and the other guy who's completely rational. Uh, <laughs> Dan, run us through the lineup so we can get into this a little bit. All right. So uh, it, it's, it's an interesting lineup because you basically played almost two two different teams in each half sort of. So uh, I'll go with who started first, and then we'll go through who had a chance to come in as subs, and then what minute they came in on. Uh, starting lineup was Keppa, Reese James, Andreas Christensen, Clark Salter mm-hmm. making an appearance at the starting 11, uh, which is amazing. Alonzo, Conte, Kovacic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Ziesh, Werner, and Hudson Adoy as our starting 11. So getting to see a couple of those new signings, as well as a great mix of youth. Substitutes included Caballero at halftime, Lawrence in the 66th minute for James, Aspilqueta at halftime, Rudiger at halftime, Ian Matson coming in for Alonso in the 66th minute, Arnpadu coming in for Conte in the 61st minute, Lewis Baker, name from the past in the 61st minute, uh, Vale at the 72nd minute for Loftus Cheek, Gallagher in the 54th minute for Ziesch. We saw Giroud come in for Werner in the 61st minute, followed by uh, Juan Castillo in the basically stoppage time and dying moments of the match, and then McCormick in the 72nd minute for Huston Adoy. Unused substitutes. There were two. <laughs> there were two unused substitutes. We couldn't find a way to fit them in, uh, but uh, uh, Baxter and uh, Pert Harris were uh, both unable to to make it in. But that yeah, third string goalkeeper is saw- never making it in. <laughs> That's just a, that's just you understand that is your life. I don't know. At if you're Chelsea, Nathan Baxter, at Chelsea, it's possible. Well, it's should have su- should have subbed him in for the the second penalty shoot just to see what would have happened. <laughs> well, the caveat for this one is that it is a preseason game, and seven first teamers from last season started. The match ended with eight members of the Chelsea youth ranks on the pitch. It's a preseason match. It's a preseason match, and I think you guys should just remember that it's a, a preseason match. Quick question though, Brandon. Is overreact. it a preseason match or Yeah, and that? I'm and I'm here to overreact to said preseason match. So Chelsea Youth with a lovely tweet saying it's far from the most important thing in the context of the first team, but there are a bunch of guys on the bench today who, just by getting on the pitch in a Chelsea shirt, could find the spark they need to kick on or keeping or to keep making progress, small but significant. And I know we've gotten no fill and and a lot of what he's got, Nick, in when he says, you know, he knows his stuff, right? So when he, like, talks about these things, it's it's a good idea to listen and kind of take it in. Yeah, like E.F. Hutton, uh, if Chelsea Youth says something, uh, you better listen. He is, he's, he is known about some of these players for years and years and years. And so every time we talk to them, it's – talk to him, it's, you know, the way he – is able to dive into insight on some of these youth players is super impressive because he has followed them in a way that no one else has. Um, it's it's really incredible. And, and to see a guy like Juan Castillo kind of come back from loan and make a surprise appearance, awesome. You know, to see a guy like Baker come back, you know, a guy that... Yeah, I was uh, as soon as he came on the pitch, I was thinking about that episode like three or four years ago that we did with Joe Tweeds where he he was waxing poetic about Baker after his loan at I think Vitesse, right? Mm-hmm. Where he scored a bunch of goals, assisted a bunch, and very two footed. You know, I, I I got that memory back, and you know, it was kind of cool to see some of these guys, Dan, uh, make their way onto the field. Obviously, look, the context around this is Chelsea have a bunch of guys in quarantine from the summer vacation for COVID. Uh, it's, it you know, just is what it is at this point in, in life. 
hopefully that's not a recurring trend that we have to deal with this season. Uh, and there were some injuries that happened. So it just opened up the door for a bunch of these young guys to come in and get some quality minutes. And that's why you also saw a match that really outside of the first 20 yeah. to 30 minutes, there was nothing. There wasn't a lot learned. There were some things that were reinforced in the second half, but sure. in general, the excitement of seeing Ziesh and Werner and getting a chance to kind of get their first minutes in, get that early goal, that was the best stretch of the match. And then uh, for someone who was up super early, it was very easy to think about this as a, a footballing equivalent of an Ambien past the 25th minute. Yeah, okay, yeah, a little bit. I get, I get what you're saying there. Um, you know, this also is really important, you know, kind of what Phil said is, to keep these players connected to the first team gives Frank and, and company a chance to look at, you know, these guys and what have they done. You know, Ethan Ampadu back from loan, Castillo back from loan, you know, Gallagher back from loan. They're like, all right, hey, can you play in a Chelsea formation? Can you play in our system? Can you play with these other guys? And I think it was good to see some of that, too. Can I can I quickly say about uh, Motson? My favorite piece of commentary from yesterday's match on the fifth stand app was, when he was introduced, they called him a left-sided defender, could play both center back and left back. And I was like, he's also like 5'6", so I don't think he's he's going to necessarily be a center back option potentially for, for Chelsea. But uh, it, it was just funny to see him run out there and then to see like him stand next to Rudiger uh, <laughs> on, the, on that same side. And you're like, okay, so left back it is then. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen him in training. Uh, definitely not the center back build that you're looking for. I mean, we even talk not. about like Ampadu, who has filled in. You're like, ah, even him, I don't know if he's tall enough. And he plays bigger than he is. But yeah, Ian Motz, we're going to stick you on the, the left uh, <laughs> back or left wing, maybe. I don't think we're going to put you in the middle uh, at he's all. Not, he's not Lamptey short, but True. like, you know, to be fair, Lamptey is an absolute flash. Like, <laughs> dude, yeah. so fast. Um, Dan, fans, it's, it's some fans in the stands for this one. What a, what a weird thing that was. People yelling and stuff. I think that that is probably the more important story out of this match is that, you know, the the FA is testing the ability to put pan, fans back in the ground. There was a lot of talk about how Brighton obviously is a, is a bit of a newer stadium, so they might have an easier time being able to be kind of a testing location for this. So uh, I think 2,500 fans uh, made their way into the stands, and the difference in hearing the automated crowd noise and hearing real crowd noise again was absolutely a night and day experience, especially if yep. you, after you went from watching the Women's FA Cup match or uh, Community Shield match and then going to watching this match and being able to hear the joyous, uh, you know, F V A R chant for the vast majority of the game was quite, Tough. quite hilarious. And I, I don't know. It was just, it was great to see fans back. It was, it definitely added some energy to, to a match, even with a small number in a massive stadium. And I think it'll be interesting to see how, how that unfolds this year you know, obviously, they're looking at the, the ways that they can bring fans and supporters back in. Uh, we we know as international supporters of, of Chelsea, we won't be some of the first people through the turnstiles at Stamford Bridge. But we know how just how excited our friends who are kind of uh, regular match goers are that that this rolls out quickly and safely, Nick, so that they're capable of being present at these matches, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Where where they are in England. So if you're if you're a, a person in the states who's listening to this and you're like, how in the hell are they having fans in a stadium? The, the UK has managed the virus just better than we have. I mean, almost every country's managed it better than we have. Um, so they're just in a different place with the virus than than we are in the states. So that's kind of point one. Point two is that it's. I think they have maximum ten percent of the kind of total allotted ticket sales would, would be permitted in this kind of restart model for fans. And so at Brighton, that's only 2,500 at Chelsea. That would be kind of closer to 4,000. Um, the third point is the one that I read the most on this weekend. Dan, and it's 
the type of stadium that it is matters a lot. Mm-hmm. We've been through the turnstiles at Chelsea. It is a tight uh, experience to kind of get up the stairs, get through the concourses, get to your seat. Not a whole lot of open air uh, in the venue uh, in, in those areas. So I think Better especially than Sellers Park. Oh, sure, man. sure. Yeah, I mean, but but these are yeah. all the considerations, right? I mean, if yeah. you walk no, in absolutely. The, into the Etihad, that's a whole different, it's a modern, brand yeah. new stadium, right? With yeah. big concourses, lots of room. You could probably stay distance if if you needed to. It's just going to be harder at a place like Chelsea. And so how they stagger entry, how they make sure that people wear masks, potentially in the stands or not, you know, all this stuff is is in consideration. I mean, it is, it was wonderful to see, if not a little weird for me to see fans in mm-hmm. the stands, honestly, because we're, we're just so rife with the virus over here right now but um you know the fa did a really great job in project restart we you you have to give them a ton of credit for managing that situation well now they're gonna have to do it for an entire season so i hope Mm -hmm. i hope they have a really good strategy in place yeah especially as people get antsy and you know want to get back for sure um dan talked about var real quick um while there were no var challenges uh or reviews in this match obviously it wasn't even uh, an option. The the sentiment though is very fresh and and relevant. Uh, we'll have to see how like the new changes of VAR and the implementation of them happened this season. Um, it had a massive effect on last season. We, we we definitely got mad at the charity that a multi hundred pound uh, turnover club in Manchester United got this season. It was the equivalent of the FA bailing them out. So uh, we are happy to not see that this season. Hopefully, so a couple of the changes are the RRA, the referee review area. So that's going to be the location that they can go to the side of the pitch to be able to actually see what's on the screen shock and awe that they would want the actual match official to go on (laughs) and take a look at the player encroachment on penalty kicks uh is another kind of change that's happening if players direct impact on the ball for example they clearly tap in rebound that'll only be seen as encroachment uh also to be judged only on a player's foot whether it's in or on the penalty area on an arc line at the edge of the box uh, keeping the flag down for tight margin offside calls, which was supposed to be what happened last season and didn't always happen super consistently. Um, the offside rule is not changing. So uh, that is no tolerance level will be maintained. The official press release from the Premier League was that the offside protocol does not allow for tolerance levels. So any playing part of the body, which is past the line uh, of the last defender will be deemed offside, including a shoulder or small portion of the foot uh so and then goalkeeper encroachment on penalty kicks the rule will not allow for the goalkeeper to come off his line uh, at the time of the penalty kicks if one leg of the goalkeeper is on the goal line he saves a penalty the var will reward the opposition team the opportunity to retake the penalty however if the penalty kick hits the post or misses the target then this rule will not be followed boo that's what i have to say um all right let's get out of the weeds here we talked about some young players uh at the at the beginning uh, coming back, but uh, we've got some new faces that will definitely be in the first team, without a doubt. Timo Werner, also known as Timo Berner on the socials, and Akim Ziyech. Uh, wow, tell you what, we had some you know light debuts. Four minutes, Timo. That's all. All right, great. Uh, welcome, welcome to the club. You are now, as far as we are concerned, about to win the Golden Boot. And I couldn't be more happy, Nick, because that is not an overreaction. That is just a fact. Yeah, staying very, very mild in your takes. I like that. 38 um, goals minimum in the league at this rate. <laughs> He's on pace. Flame, recognize flame. Uh, that's good. Uh, it reminded me, Dan, when he scored so early in his, in his Chelsea career of when Costa came and just started scoring immediately. And there was no... There was no weight or, you know, the weight of expectations didn't get to him. There was no, uh, like, time weight on on how long it would take him to score. It's like, first match, 19th minute, in. All right, let's go. We got we got about 38 more matches to go here. So, um, nice to see. It was actually a, I think what most people recognize with this run of play for the goal was Ziyech putting in an absolute peach of a ball with his left foot that Cal was able to kind of face or chest down into the path of Timo Werner. 
uh, and for an easy kind of tap in. Uh, it was a delight to see. Well, right place, right time. And that's where you want your striker to be is up near the box, being ready to go and convert the opportunities. And what we were missing last season, which you saw in that run of play, was the ability to quickly transition. And that ball was on the far right-hand side of the pitch with Ziyech knocking it all the way across right into Callum's path on the left in the box. So we went from way outside the box, actually putting the ball into the box, moving it past lines, which is, again, something we talked about last season. We had a really hard time moving past multiple lines of either defenders or midfielders, and that allowed Callum to body it down. We won't just, you know, we'll just, you know, kind of put it there. And... (laughs) Uh, right into Timo's path, and and Timo is able to just kind of take it through and and move ahead with it, and you know that really gets a early monkey off his back because the the last thing you want is someone to be not scoring right away when you have paid a pretty substantial fee for him, and uh, that avoids a lot of uh, a lot of concern. So Ziesh with a, a super early impressive performance uh, with that. Timo with an early impressive performance, and actually uh, Callum offering uh, some some good energy on the pitch too. So good good from all three of them, Brandon. I mean, I'm not surprised, but look, Ziyech was on every free kick in dead ball situation. Holy shit, have we been missing something like that? <laughs> like his ability to put a ball on a dime is wild. Uh, you could even make just... the argument that that ball that he played in for the assist was not even his best ball. The one that he put in... From the from the left hand side on the set piece that Werner just yep. I think couldn't get his head around. Yep. Oh, like yeah. that that was you're like where has that been? A clear path to goal. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Um. Uh, I it, I'm just excited, right? It's like this fresh thing, and like he just walks in, is like I'm on the ball. Don't we don't need three people around the ball? Like I got it. We know what we're doing, and you can't defend it. And I'm thrilled. Um, obviously, Ziyech uh, had to come off early. Twist of the knee, a uh, bit of a concern there. So with the amount of matches that Chelsea are going to have to play right away this season, and we don't really know what the squad depth is going to be like, but it's going to be hard to replace a guy like Ziyech. I mean, he's so unique in his skill set, and it will. And, and from what we've seen, is going to be so integral to like the creating, especially in those block 8, block 10 teams. Uh, really hope uh, he can go home, ice it, and be good to go. Uh, after that uh what about the gallagher season right got that back dan go ahead and, uh, and he made a fun impact when he came on in the second half yeah it was exciting you know we talked with uh, joe in our, our keep sell loan conversation which if you haven't had a chance to listen to that you're in for a treat if you had you already know how delicious it was but yeah connor had a really nice appearance out i think his best moment of the match was when he was able to kind of knock the ball down and put it basically right in Giroud's path where mm-hmm. could have converted it at the end potentially for a goal there and just really you know made himself a, a visible presence on the pitch you know this game was missing you know some of our other midfielders who might have started ahead of him like Mason or Barkley and gave him an opportunity to to impress and so I think there's going to be a lot of movement still in this squad before the transfer window ends, trying to figure out where these players go on loan. Obviously, Gallagher has a lot of championship and Premier League interest as a loan candidate. And so, you know, he's going to either make a case to stay or some club is going to come in and, and want his services for a, a season here. Yeah, maybe a little audition for Brighton. Maybe. Mm, not one of the rumored names, but yeah. sure. Until they play him, Dan, and they see it firsthand. I mean, it's it's important to note that he came on for, for Ziyech after the, the tweak, right? And the only point that I want to make on this is that given the schedule congestion, given the fact that the preseason's been condensed into a couple of weeks, there are going to be injuries. You know, we started, we started to see a bunch of injuries at the end of Project Restart. There are likely to be more injuries. It's not. I'm not poo-pooing the idea that we're, you know, not going to be able to play our full-strength squad all the time. It's just the the odds of that become increasingly unlikely the more you know you kind of go through this forest of matches. Um, so you know, having squad depth is has never been more important. You know, if Chelsea want to make a real run at the league, so just throwing that out there. Absolutely. Um, you know, to depth though, I was really glad to see Callum's form. He looked bright. He looked up for it. 
didn't he like you wouldn't assume he struggled this past season where he's at today do you think is a really good sign of you know his his approach to the, this season uh rudiger and ampadu both gave away penalties big willie saved the first can get to the second that's asking a little bit much of us goalkeepers to save two penalties in a match um but we're still kind of hoping expecting changes to come uh in that back line that defensive unit at least for me especially if you watched our keep sell alone where i sold everybody <laughs> uh, i mean can i quickly say on rudiger jeez man it was it was awful. It was clumsy. It, you know, I think Ampadus was a little bit more forgivable, if not naive. Um, you know, kind of sticking your foot across. I think he got the ball, but he had to go through the man to get it. Rudiger's, you come on, dude. I, you're, he's far too experienced, even in a preseason scenario, to to be doing that. So, yikes. Well, it's because he got beat too. Like that's the problem. It, it's just and it's so unnecessary. Like someone running away from the goal has to head it back. Like they have so much yet to do, and you still kind of, anyways. Like you said, decision making. Decision making, man. This is not Barcelona, dude. They 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 struggled to score goals all last year. Like, yeah. Come on. Well, well, and that, that's where I think when you you looked at some of the work that uh, Clark Salter was doing in the beginning of the match. No nonsense, right? There were a couple yeah. of times that the ball got into what I would consider a more dangerous position. And instead of taking the route of trying to play it out of the back, he said, nope, not doing that. Boom. And just booted it far away, which you know, I think the, the benefit, right, if someone like uh, Clark Salter is that he is a, a natural left footer and was playing mm-hmm. the left side of role. And you could see how that helped someone like Alonzo and kind of quickly, quickly moving the ball around. So... That's a, an interesting one to keep an eye out for. Like, what you know is he potentially you know being viewed as a a depth candidate for this season? If some of the Tamori going on loan rumors are true, that would be very interesting. Yeah, uh, I think that the Willie save on the first one, by the way, was a really good save. Strong hand, low in the corner. Um, and to your point, Nick, the Ampadu. If that happened in a Premier League match, I would be super pissed that it was called. Like it was very nonchalant, but um, it was it was just na- it was naive. I think it was a penalty. I think it was just he he got turned and wanted to make a play on the ball, and I understand that. And I I will give him. It sounds like I'm being harsh on Rudiger and easy on Ampadu. That's probably the case. I, I think Rudiger's was egregious, and you can't drag someone like they yeah. they made a point. They, they're going to be looking for contact in the box on set pieces this year. And the referee, I think, identified what was going on pre, like the skirmish pre set piece, and was like, yeah. "If he does well, it, I got him dead to rights." You remember the World Cup? They did that, where it's like anytime you grabbed a guy's jersey, it's pen- it just like an automatic penalty. I wonder if the FA are gonna go wild and be like, well, "Let's just change the game again this season." What do you guys think? Yeah, it, it was just well, it's it gonna was be, tough. It's gonna be something that the players and the coaching staff are gonna to need to learn in the first couple of matches and see because it'll become very evident very quickly how this is gonna be officiated this season. And I think what didn't happen last year is teams didn't adapt to the fact that the flag should stay down. And so there were a couple of times where play they players should have continued running to try to score because they weren't offside. Um, yeah. And so like that, you know, just things that are gonna you know are changing slightly. You have to be able to adapt and react really quickly, and that's just a, hopefully another note that they're taking in terms of how they respond or start this the upcoming season. All right, well let's let's end this uh, match review. It's not really a match review uh, with some uh, questions and answers here. So uh, Dan put this one in and says, "Which player answered a question you had about them?" Um, while I would like to say Angola Conte because he's back, baby, uh, I'm glad that he's back, and that was my question. The other one is like. Kind of same old from Rudiger, and I'm I'm kind of like, yep. It's is he gonna turn it around? Have a couple weeks off? Nope. Same old guy. I'm like, all right. To me, in my mind, I've made up my decision. He is not the person I want back there, even if it's for depth. So Dan, uh, what player answered a question that you had? He was at it was Timo. Who said, "How quick is he gonna score?" And he answered the question pretty easily in the fourth minute. So I think that. You know, it's always interesting to see someone acclimatize to what you consider Premier League level. Again, it's a preseason match, but I think just an early goal 
helps make everything a whole lot easier. And that was exciting. Nick? Yeah, Ziyech for me, man. Uh, I, I kind of, I laser focused in on him while he was playing the 54 minutes he played. He is not as pacey as I thought he might be, um, or from what I remember, but that left foot is ridiculous. And to have inverted wingers, who you know, because Cal has a really good right foot playing mm-hmm. on the left, right? And, you know, I think people forget. Yeah, like the the uh, the difference in service that you're going to get on the right side this season, potentially from Ziesh and Reese James on the overlap, is going to be absolutely ridiculous at times. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about that. I think that. The the one set piece I referenced earlier, I was like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like if we have if we have someone who's actually ready for that ball, it's I mean that's a goal almost every time. There's no time for the goalkeeper to react to that. It's Giroud would scored. Yeah, it sure. just kind of caught Werner a little too high. Giroud would have gone down on it because <laughs> he's because yeah. he's taller. He's like three inches taller or whatever. So yeah, uh, I'm really psyched about that. Uh, all right. So on the flip side, which player's performance is not making you ask more questions about them? Uh, me, it's a positive. It's Callum Hudson-Odoi. I, I'm, I'm now interested to see where he takes this performance because it's only preseason. It was only a handful of minutes, but can he build on this opportunity while Christian's out where he knows he can go in and make a really strong case for himself? Like, Callum, can you push on and be the great player that we know you have inside you? So that's, that's my one player. In a positive way, I'm asking more questions. Uh, Dan, I'm sure you will be asking more negative questions about one of these players, though. I can see it in your <laughs> eyes. Wow. Um, I think the the one that I'm going to ask questions about is the the Ampadu fit. And mm. look, I mean, you give up a penalty like that's just not going to be a, a great mark in his book for for this match. It is preseason. But, you know, if Angola Conte is back healthy, if we do sign in someone like Declan Rice... Where does Ampathu fit in this side this season? And maybe it's going to become less of a, you know, I mean, he can play cover in two positions, right? He can give you a midfielder cover. He can give you potentially center back cover. But I, I'm just curious how the club is thinking about him. And I, I don't have an answer to that. And so I want to see, you know, with whatever next preseason match we put together, even though there's an international break going on, I'm sure there'll be something because the squad needs to, get pruned mm-hmm. down in size that's going to be my question to kind of answer over the next couple matches i i think connor gallagher made me very interested uh, i i in the, in our keeps alone not to give away the, the whole game on that if you haven't listened to it but my take on connor gallagher was what's you know why have ross barkley on crazy you know crazy wages when this is a guy who you clearly like and want to bring through the team right so I, my hope was that he would take Ross Barkley's spot if if we were able to, you know, find a, a suitor for for Ross. So no, he played higher up, I think, in, on the on the field yesterday than uh, what I would typically anticipate is like a an eight. Um, he was more in a ten slash second striker kind of position a lot. But I'm very intrigued by him. His work rate was excellent. Uh, I think he got surprised by the one chance that he had at the end uh, to put it away and, and didn't necessarily finish that with a plum. Uh, but I'm very, uh, very intrigued by him. And I think I want to see more so I can ask more questions. I like it. I mean, it's it's uh, this is the right time to ask those questions. It's the right time to be engaged in kind of watching those players. And I think that's what I recommend to you as Chelsea fans when you're out there. Watch some of these fringe players that young players, see how they move off the ball, see how they keep up with pace, see how they transition. Those are the things. Um, it's okay if a player miss hits, miss hits the pass long or short. Did they, did they see the opportunity? That's what they're more interested in is the vision. The technical execution will come with repetitions and getting in the team, uh, but it's more of, you know, are you positioning yourself right and are you seeing the opportunities in attack? So um, great first start. I mean, it was exciting. It was hyped. Um, but it's time to, to go take a break. Dan, when's our next match? We don't have one. <laughs> right. I'm going to let you be the bearer of bad news that FIFA is getting in the way, cramping our side with an international break. Uh, yeah. Bummer, bro. But we'll be back. I'm sure we'll have some content over the break. What do you guys think? Oh, just 100 pods that we have scheduled. Uh, we, we did our... So 
it's actually a good point to talk about this. If you if you paid attention all the way to the end of the pod, then you get a special treat, which is we went through and planned September and October pods uh, on Friday. There is going to be no shortage of content coming your way. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. Um, yep. And and maybe a sneaky preview that we'll have we'll have one Matt Law on again soon. Well, that is a Nick, treat. Dropping at the end. Ooh. Treat it, indeed. It's a, it's a reward for those who listen all the way through. I know there are some of you who only listen to half. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, hey, gentlemen, thanks as always. Listeners, you are the best part about this. So thank you for hanging out with us. Engage with us on social media, email. Discord is the best way, though. I'm just being honest. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Good night, Milwaukee.